We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either your first or your last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17-14. Shar on third down. Third and goal. Quarterback. Three seconds left. Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions, NFL champions for the third straight year. Far. Lays it up for Freeman and it's incomplete. And or did he cave in the catch at the 15? Yes. What are they gonna roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? Rogers in trouble. It's gonna get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone! It is caught for the win! Richard Rogers! With a walk-off touchdown. The final snap of Super Bowl 45. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra, your Green Bay Packers podcast, a proud partner of the Blue Wire uh, family and the Eurostep Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Numak. And joining me once again for a comeback victory, a down-to-the-wire victory, is my co-host Jordan Tresky. Jordan, how are you doing, buddy? Doing very well, doing very well. This uh, could have been a very different podcast um, until the final three minutes of today. Yeah. (laughs) Today's game against the Saints. Yeah, we were fully prepared to have a solemn podcast for three and a half quarters there. But uh, alas... Jordan Love and company lead the way to a 18-17 Packers victory in the season opener at Lambeau Field. The biggest such comeback coming back down from 17-0 since the 2018 home opener, I believe. They were setting up the broadcast. I think that was against the Bears, correct? Where they were down. The famous Aaron Rodgers, he gets hurt in the first half. Gets loaded up with a bunch of uh, whatever drug that is legal for players to get shot yeah. up during NFL games. And then, yeah, authors uh, an incredible comeback over the lowly, lowly Chicago Bears. Yep. So the uh, the similarities in the tenures of, <laughs> of Rodgers and Love begin to uh, amount to being even more equal than they already were. But regardless, Jordan Love, what a incredible fourth quarter for uh, 
for the now franchise quarterback. Yeah. The big, the big story of the day. Um, today just doesn't happen without Jordan Love being... It, it was... I, <laughs> I'm already tripping over my words. It, it wasn't a superhuman performance. It was a very ordinary performance in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I just thought the biggest thing about Jordan Love and the Packers as a whole, especially that fourth quarter, is just they figured things out. And it's very boring to just do it say it like that but like the way that they're playing for at least offensively the defense kept them in it it was a stark difference to how uh the game against the falcons was um and obviously not having alvin kamara not having Derek carr for basically you know a half um they were limited in what they could do but they were still in the driver's seat for pretty much all day until the last three minutes. Um, I just thought the resiliency and the problem solving in real time, which is not easy for a young team like this, and especially a fourth-year quarterback who this is his fourth NFL start, first uh, home opener as a starter for the Green Bay Packers. That was exciting too. I thought like everything about Jordan Love's day just kind of, I don't know, like it embodied a lot of what we've seen so far and where like this team just sits overall, especially when, you know, we'll get to what they didn't have going into the game too. Right. I think the the biggest thing that I was drawing on today was that the last week's game against the Falcons and this week's game against the Saints were practically mirrors of one another. The Packers yeah. played three really good quarters. Um, I guess we'll say two. We'll just lump in the first quarter of last week as a third good quarter. But three good quarters last week against the Falcons end up blowing it in the fourth. This week, play three pretty god-awful quarters of football against the Saints end up coming back and scoring uh, 18 points in the in the fourth quarter. So for all intents and purposes, they you can say that they learned from their mistakes last week, but I think it was just a a good thing to see them motivated out of the half. And I think Razul Douglas said it um, when talking about there was a play that they, they, they weren't like solemn, uh, solemn coming out of the halftime. This is reporter uh, Cassidy Hill. I think she's a reporter for one of the TV stations up in Green Bay. Um, my apologies for the Journal Sentinel uh, reporting that multiple players in Packers locker room said the halftime was extremely calm. They knew they were being themselves. They just needed a spark, and the spark came uh, with Patrick De- Patrick Taylor's first down pickup towards the end of the third quarter. Um, that's from Roswell Douglas. And they didn't score on that drive. I think that might be the drive where Patrick Taylor ended up not catching what would have been a touchdown pass from Jordan Love. But I think it, for all intents and purposes, it was just a, a spark to show that they could hang around if they got stops. <coughs> Excuse me. Which they ended up having or needing to do and did once Derek Carr went out, um, like halfway through that that uh, was it halfway through the third quarter, early third quarter. Uh, I can actually bring it up in my notes here. It was off the Rashawn Gary sack at yeah. the second of the day. Uh, I think it was. I can't seem to find it, but um, regardless. Jameis Winston comes in and isn't really able to do a whole lot for for the team. He had early third quarter. Early third quarter. So 
he he wasn't like super bad. Jameis wasn't 10 for 16, 101 yards. Derek Carr went 13 of 18 for 103 yards. So they they kind of had the same stuff. But I think what mattered the most was that Jameis Winston wasn't able to make sort of the long throws that Derek Carr was able to sort of drop in there um, early on in the game. So once they started stopping Jameis Winston from going and driving the field as much as they did, it ended up working out quite well for them because the defense showed up and was really fired up to get those three outs, get off the field, rest a little bit, and then give way to the offense who was making long drives each uh, each drive down the field in that fourth quarter. Looking mm. at their uh, their drives, what looks to be late third, early fourth, uh, 6-17, a minute 50, and that was the the field goal drive, and then a minute 30, two and a half. So not, I guess not too long, but they were definitely on the field as an offense a lot more than they were as a defense in that second half. Second half. Yeah, I, I thought, like, again, Saints were limited. It was going into this game, going into the season, really. Not having Alan Kamara was already kind of, you know, it factored into the Packers' ability or chances to win this game. And we talked about it a lot on the preview pod and the focus is a lot about like what the Saints can do defensively, how they can bend down the hatches, take away your best players. Um, Their streak of allowing fewer than 20 points a game continues uh, up to 11 now, but their offense clearly left a lot of me on the bone today. Like, I mean, their only touchdown uh, or one of their only touchdowns was um, a special teams touchdown with Rashid Shahid take it all the way to, for the house or to the house for 76 yards. Yeah. I just felt like offensively, they just left a lot on the field. Like right. they could have, they made the plays. They were moving the ball. Jameis Winston really, I thought did well and didn't really have any passes that could have, save for that one pass breakup that Rudy Ford should have caught. Yeah. Um, I, on, the, on the replay that I did see his hand got caught in the guy's thigh. I figured it's one of those things where you we're on the we're watching on TV that you think he's closer to yeah. on the angle that we have than actually in reality. But Jameis Winston was in relief for Carr was pretty dang good. Like they were moving the ball, they were getting they put themselves in a position to win this game. And ultimately, their rookie kicker Blake Groupie, I think that's his name. Yep. Um, uh, missed a forty-eight yard field goal, which is not easy, but considering the circumstances, the heights. Uh, or heightened uh, atmosphere and everything like that. It's a it's big shoes to 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 fill in terms of you know delivering a signature win like that because mm-hmm. you know but you know not all rookie kickers are built like that. I'll just not say. all of them. <laughs> but I think we've uh, we put off the the main the main focus of this game long enough, and it's Jordan Love. He absolutely went in and delivered a standout performance early in his young career. But this is the kind of game and kind of resiliency that you needed to see from a young quarterback. Yeah. He didn't play great for, for three quarters and we've touched on it as ad nauseum on Twitter and in discord and just on this podcast, but the injury bug to this, to this team has not been kind of Jordan loves efficiency between Christian Watson being out and Aaron Jones being out and then Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins. Like, that's two Pro Bowl slash All Pro level linemen on his blind side, out just not available, and then his biggest deep target, and his starting running back. Like throughout all of this, he's still 
doing the best he can and squeaking out wins where where he can. And frankly, it it's exciting to see. Like, it's we, there's been a lot of talk about the numbers of Jordan Love lately, and just how none of them really make sense despite him looking looking good. And <laughs> I think I think for now it just I'm fine with the numbers looking ugly if he's squeaking out wins. Like I think a lot of this year is going to be going to be graded on a learning curve, but golly, that fourth quarter was one to remember for the ages for sure. Because not even because he played well. Because again, no. it's not like he really was running and gunning and was really playing the quarterback position well. He was doing all the right things. Like the Packers' best play right now, deep is throw it deep, have it be underthrown, and get a DPI call to move the ball 40 yards. <laughs> That's their big play ability. That's their big play ability right now about Christian Watson. And so with that, if it if it works, it works. I'm not saying I, I would rather see him hit those passes for sure, but if they can threaten that enough to where they're going to make DBs pay for it, why not? Uh, your point about his fourth quarter performance, I have Ryan Wood's uh, uh, tweet here, X post, whatever you fucking what I call it. This is sweet. Uh, thank you. After fourth down incompletion to start fourth quarter, Jordan Love's line on final three drives of the comeback, all scoring drives, by the way. Uh, nine for 18, 131 yards, average of 7.2 yards per pass. Touchdown, one yard touchdown run, 24 yards scramble, two point conversion, a 92.59 passer rating. Pair that to his third quarters. He was 13 for 25, 128 yards. 5.12 yards per average uh, per completed pass interception and a 50.08 pass rating. Um, yeah, like, again, that's not good. No. The... That's not particularly efficient. Yeah. And that's fine. I um, uh, Paul Noonan over at Acme Packing Company had a great article over the weekend, uh, maybe even Friday, of breaking down just why Jordan loves advanced metrics, even just his completion percentage or CPOE, which again, I'm expected completion percentage, stuff like that. Yep. Um, We're so different or like, these are like very stark numbers of like, why is it the way it is? You know what I mean? And he broke it down. Why in terms of contextual things like, you know, not having, top tier weapons or you know the throws that he's making or not making in this case and again we saw that all today like i thought a lot of it maybe i'm seeing this with the love colored glasses i guess but i thought a lot of it were the receivers that he's throwing to um you know that patrick taylor fourth down or was that fourth down i think it was fourth down um the one where it was incomplete. Yeah, he was, he did like the he got to the first down mark and just stopped. Yeah, that was and a fourth. Yeah, of, it was a fourth down. Yeah, and I thought that was just kind of like the <laughs> the ultimate like indicative of love having an idea of what his receiver should be doing. His receiver, not a receiver, and not a Packers first string guy because there, a lot of these guys are hurt. Right. It. It was just not there, and it it plagued them for the first three quarters, and we saw deep shots. We saw um, 
even just kind of the trick play on the first drive that was another fourth down that like yeah we want you to go for it uh what are you doing why are you doing this weird flea flicker across the field he slips under his own feet because the field was incredibly slick today it was stuff like that that was just so self-inflicted that's not even getting into all the offensive penalties that they had throughout the day and just to get to the point where okay you're you're just putting together drives where it's it should have been happening all game long because they they were getting deep into the field, mm-hmm. but they were shooting themselves out of it, even if it was just field goal range. And finally putting these drives together and just picking on guys. Like, there are things that Jordan Love did today that when they were making their comeback, that was like, that you see what he can be. And it's just a matter of putting inconsistency in among a lot of other things that have to go right with this Packers team at this moment. But yeah, like, if you look at what he's what he did in the fourth quarter, it's not like you're fawning over just like Aaron Rodgers level efficiency. No, it's mm-hmm. not. It's farther. It's further from that. But it it's still they won the damn game, and that that ultimately matters. Yeah, he ultimately made the throws that he that he made, and it led to to winning football. Frankly, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, a few tweets from Ryan Wood doing some great reporting on. Um, Jordan Love and what his teammates said about him uh, post game. I want to preface this with the fact that we heard a lot of this, a lot of this last year before he was even playing and getting reps as a as a quarterback. Devondre Campbell talked a lot about him last year. So did Aaron Jones. Like, I think there was a lot of talk last year that was quite quite encouraging. That kind of led to this moment. So I got. Four tweets, so it's gonna be a, a lot of a lot of me for for a couple couple seconds here. So bear with me. All these are from Ryan Wood. Uh, this first one is from um, Elton Jenkins, who, despite not playing today, did stick around by his locker to talk to the media. This is um, all about Jordan Love. Quote: uh, Just him and the resiliency, just to come out there at down seventeen, going into the fourth, the ultimate downs. He didn't blink. He just goes out there and do what he do. Offense relies around him. Defense does what they do. It was a special, special performance now. We always knew that he had it, things like that. But him, but just him being able to go out there and just put it together live for everybody in his first game at Lambeau, it's just special. It's just special. So, really cool from EJ having protected Aaron Rodgers for, uh, first and foremost and now going back to Jordan Love. Like, is, the sentiment is going to stay, stay consistent <laughs> throughout all of these, uh, all these quotes. This next one's from Kenny Clark. Uh, quote, Jordan is cool, man. He's cool. I don't know if it's a Cali thing. He's just calm and cool in every situation. It don't matter if it's good or bad. He's never too high, never too low. He's just constantly working, constantly chopping wood. And you saw that today. You saw it today in that fourth quarter. He made a lot of plays. Loved the play where he got out and scrambled and stayed in bounds and got extra yardage. We knew it was right over there. We knew it was over right there. He, he battles. He's a fighter. He's resilient. That's just awesome to see. God, I love Kenny Clark. He's so cool. Uh, this one is from Pres- Preston Smith. Quote, we've been believing in Buddy Love, as, as I call him. He's been playing at a high level, man. Buddy Love. But, love buddy Love. <laughs> buddy Professor. We, <laughs> we know what he can do, and we know as long as we have him, as long as we have his back and we stay consistent, he can keep us in any game. And we can win any game with him as our quarterback. We know he has a lot of ability. He can make throws. You can see... You can see you see he can run. 
Sometimes he lowers his shoulder. Sometimes he makes a man miss. He'll hit him with an okie doke, and that switches it up. Jordan Love has a lot of ability to win games in this league. A lot of games. And lastly, but certainly not leastly, is Josh Myers. Um, asked about what he learned about Jordan Love. He pauses, quote, Nothing that I didn't already know, now that I think about it. I don't know. Maybe he needed to, pro- maybe he needed to prove that to himself today. But all I saw today was what I saw the past couple years out of him. So, with all that being said, I think it's quite notable that there was two on offense, two on defense, just in the ones that I had seen, the ones that were sort of being widely circulated around Packers Twitter. But this is a a team that may be young, but they are, I think they have one of the stronger chemistries in in the probably in the league right now for a team as, as young as they are. They seem to be quite quite tight-knit, and th- these are the types of characteristics that will help them win football games like today. Going back to like when Razul said that they just needed a spark, Pat- uh, the spark calling from Patrick Taylor is probably not the least expected place for it to come from, but you think your fourth-string running back isn't the guy that you're typically going to get going to get a spark from, or that if he provides a spark, one that uh, the team will respond to in order to get going. You know what I mean? Because, like, it, it, Razul needed to see that happen and be inspired by it to go out and play better, like the rest of the defense did in the fourth quarter. So, I, I just think that what they may lack in skill and age and just general experience is made up for by just being 53 guys that believe in one another that can go out there and win any game that they, that they're in. Yeah. I mean, uh, we're seeing it with, you know, three weeks into the season now, we're seeing we don't have to look at to a team that we haven't been all that familiar with to going into the year. The New York Jets and seeing them lose their quarterback and circumstances change, they go back to the guy that Aaron Rodgers replaced in Zach Wilson. And it's just a it, <laughs> performance is not meeting expectations, regardless if it's, you know, Aaron Rodgers or Zach Wilson or whatever. And Chicago, we're seeing everything just combust around them when they were expecting to make waves this year, whether that was, you know, foolish errand or not. Um, I think that belief in that they can do something and knowing that, yes, they are not the same team as they used to be. They obviously will never be because they are just the makeup of this roster is incredibly young, inexperienced. And the only way that you do those things and gather or gain experience is by playing. And that is best shown in having a new quarterback under center. Jordan Love, you know, I think for us, it's a different kind of, it's certainly very different than what we have been used to in terms of just overall demeanor. And he's not as forthcoming with other things or soak up the limelight maybe that comes with time because you know god knows quarterbacks are going to be the focus of everybody's attention um but i think for all the things about doing the work doing the little things it's it adds up over the three years that you are the backup to aaron Rodgers, and yeah you may only complete 50 percent of your passes and your offense may sputter out for drives on drives on drives for three quarters but they didn't they didn't fold. They they again they figured out their problems in real time. They did the best with what they can do. It can certainly be a lot better. And 
there are things that certainly have to get remedied and fixed with a team that is this young, as we will get into a little bit later. But when it's Jordan Love driving the train and most of all feels like he's ready to drive the train, you know I mean, conduct the train, I should say. <laughs> um, I think that that alone kind of it feeds it. it I'm not I'm not comparing myself to an NFL player or anything like that, but like going back to playing with someone or you know, intramurals or whatever, like you feed off of what what you have around you and what you know someone saying, Hey, we got this, even if you're down fifteen to three. Or right. whatever. Exactly. Like it's just the human aspect of all of it. And mm-hmm. I think they, they did quite well with that today. And I <coughs> excuse me. That the crowd at Lambo is rocking today for sure. Once in yes. that fourth quarter, like once they got it together, once they got it together, um, yeah, it was it was it was good to see it, them come alive in the fourth quarter because I think they definitely needed it for sure. Yeah. So, um, Jordan Love twenty two of forty four, two fifty nine touchdown, interception and a rushing touchdown as well. Was their leading rusher thirty nine yards on nine carries? Uh AJ Dillon eleven carries, thirty three yards. <coughs> Excuse me. Mediocre day from him again as well. Um, yeah, the rushing game just needs Aaron Jones. Plain and simple. Like, I'm not really sure there's really that much other analysts or analysis to go with it. It just, they just need Aaron Jones because I don't think AJ Dillon is ready to be that bell cow back. And, and I think more, as we talked about during the game again, I'm going to steal New Max thing. Join the GSPN Discord. It's fun, even when the Packers are getting just walloped. And you think that uh, the home opener couldn't have gone any worse before it got a lot better. Um, it wasn't just the fact that AJ Dillon just played poorly. And, you know, he had won a, a couple of explosive plays, but it was that was it. They just they stopped putting him out there. Patrick Taylor was out there yeah. for, like, large portions of drives when they were starting to make their comeback. That spoke volumes. And, you know, again, the line did get, it got a lot there today. We already were without Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins. Zach Tom apparently got hurt, which was news to me like an hour after the game. And I was like, what? Where where did he get hurt? Um, So that's another thing to monitor and going into a short week. But it doesn't matter who's on, on that line. They cannot block for A.J. Dillon. And A.J. Dillon is just, he's, it, I don't know where to begin with AJ Dillon. I don't know if there we can begin with AJ Dillon because there's not much to say. He's right. just not a very productive player, and that it's hard to make any excuses for him when this is just what we see week after week. And maybe that changes. I'm not saying that people are incapable of changing their performance, but it's like, I how many more chances can we give him, man? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right. No, I, I totally agree with you there. It's definitely tough to to gauge what AJ Dillon's worth is right now because yeah it's when when I, th- I think you put it pretty pretty simply when Patrick Taylor's out there on the like in the fourth quarter being the guy and not yeah. AJ Dillon I think it's pretty pretty crucial I think it also has a lot to do with the fact that Patrick Taylor has some pretty nice hands and was he like making plays. plays right exactly and so who knows what the future holds for AJ Dillon throughout the rest of the season but it just, it wasn't the most inspiring two weeks from AJ Dillon when hopefully for for the team's sake, Aaron Jones comes back and is playing Thursday against the Lions. So yeah, hopefully, maybe that's just his role. He's not meant to be a 11, 12 carry guy. Just meant to get those those short yardage gains, but we saw that last week. He wasn't doing good at that, doing good at that either. So I guess TBD on AJ Dillon, yeah. but I think part of the skepticism for me too is that I wish that they would give if they're not going to give it to AJ Dillon they should have just ran Patrick Taylor and Emmanuel Wilson more this game you know what I mean like mm-hmm. Emmanuel Wilson had uh, two carries for six yards so nothing nothing crucial but if they're not going to like put AJ Dillon out there I'd rather than make a point to then play Taylor and Wilson yeah yeah that's that that's the thing is that and Patrick Taylor too. Now this is three straight games where he's been elevated from the practice squad. Yeah, they're gonna have to make a decision on whether he's gonna be on the fifty-three man roster, which I would imagine that he is. Well, I imagine. To. Well, yeah, they don't need a. It's it. It's his next call up. Yes, next call up. Yes. So. So for the Lions game. Yeah, if they if they keep him down, that's fine. He can still be on the practice squad. Yeah. Um, but I'd imagine, frankly, that they're going to um. I would probably think Dean Anderson. Yeah, he's probably going down or getting cut. So yeah, either which way. Um, we have a special guy to talk about on defense we haven't talked about yet. It's been 26 minutes, and we have we haven't talked about one of the most impactful players of the game, and that is Rashawn Gary. Rashawn Gary, absolutely making himself some money. I saw a tweet from <laughs> I saw a tweet the other the other week. I forget who it was from, but every passing day. That the Packers don't sign Rashawn Gary to an extension, the more expensive it becomes, because he is kicking ass and taking names. He had three total tackles, and they were all sacks. <coughs> Excuse me, just a crazy, crazy day for Rashawn Gary. Um, I th- I'm trying to see the yardage on his sacks, but I can't find them, so I'm not gonna worry about it too much. Um. But yeah, for Sean Gary, I think I'm not sure he's officially off of his snap count, but it felt like every critical third down play that happened in this game, Rashawn Gary was in there making an impact play where it really, really mattered, and he was really, really needed. Yeah, uh, he was the one that injured Derek Carr for what it's worth. Um, but your uh, words about you're not sure if he's still on his uh, snap count. He is. He's still on a snap count, and he had a three-sack game. Um, crazy. Yeah, dominant, crazy. Dominant does not put it to words, because it 
just was that effective in terms of limiting the Saints? Again, they were able to make plays. They were able to move the ball, but the three announce that they had consistently over the second half were chalked up to Rashawn Gary just getting <laughs> going supernova and getting home and sacking Derek Carr and James Winston. Um, yeah, the guy's a monster. It, it's it's crazy that he can do these performances. Um, and maybe it's helping that he's still on the snap count where he can just go all in on, you know, focus, focusing on every play I could just disrupt and wreak havoc and all that stuff. The guy is just insane. Um, and just imagine when he's fully healthy. Like the, the thing too, about this game is, you know, coming out the Falcons loss and we saw the run defense was, which was a lot better today. But again, the caveat is, you know, you're not facing a Bijan Robinson. Um, but they're they had guys disrupt plays, but and Kenny Clark also had a sack too, which you know to start to start the first drive for the Saints. Um, but it was really Gary that kind of all throughout the game, especially in the second half, that that was the Packers' lifeline. Is like, well, you still have the Saints still have seventeen on the board. You're not you know uh, you're limiting damage that way. It's just ma- you know in order to make up ground, and Rashawn Gary was the biggest factor in in terms of limiting what the Saints can do on that end. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, going into this week, Rashawn Gary had eight pressures. Uh, hasn't been updated for this week yet, but he had one sack. And I'd assume he'd have a good amount of pressure. It's probably close to eight this game, just from those, those three sacks alone. But um, if he keeps playing like this and can maintain this level of play throughout the season... I think he'll be pretty high up in defensive player of the year rankings and like voting at the end of the year. He's playing absolutely out of his mind. And if he can stay healthy and just be that dominant when it comes to pure edge rush playing, getting home to the quarterback, I think he would be quite willingly to deserve it, honestly, because th- those sacks came at such crucial points in the game that it doesn't like you can't put it into words how important those sacks were. Um, the one in the early third quarter that um, where Derek Carr got hurt, that was on third and nine. Um, looking through Jordan's notes here, the other one was in the after the Anders Carlson uh, field goal with eleven minutes left in the fourth. That was the ensuing drive after that after that field goal on a first and fourteen. So, just two right there that were pretty critical when it came to uh flow of the game essentially he mm-hmm. had one in the second quarter as well so just really really great great play by Rashawn Gary today um let's see here Jaden Reed we'll talk about Jaden Reed a little bit up yes. and down up and down game from him uh led nope did not lead 63 yards three receptions I feel like how should I put this Jaden Reed is the gif of Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck pulling away the sheets that say, uh, we're so back, or it's over, and we're so back, back and forth for, like, eternity, because it's a gif. It's just that with Jaden Reed. Because, like, every time Jaden Reed makes a great play, it's like, wow, he he is going to be a great receiver and just all about it. And then you look at 
is this uh, his line today? Seven targets, three receptions. A few of those were drops. Like at least two of them were drops. And it's just like, just catch the ball. I beg of you, please just catch the ball. And that's the rookie side of it all. But other than that, he's just a dy- dynamic player, dude. He's he's got got the goods. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I, I it was certainly a fifty fifty day in terms of like you're doing great, you're doing great, honey, or that kind of thing. And then it's like, no, what are you doing? Like just like it was all or nothing. The drops were certainly concerning. You could probably, if you really break it down, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of Packer aficionados that will go through the film and and kind of chalk up what they think if it was on read or if it was on love and stuff like that. Point is, guy has drops, and it hampered the Packers' offense to continue, you know, for much of the game. And then, you know, he hauls in that 30-yarder, uh, uh, 30-yard catch on the final drive, and it's like that redeems, like, all the misses and drops that you had. And there's certainly something there. Um but yeah, he has to get better, you know, with his catch radius, being able to make plays like on the move or like, you know, just, you know, at different angles and everything like that, because, you know, he has the workload of a number one or a number two, especially without Watson. So he's going to have more looks and they're all there. It's just a matter of, you know, executing better. And, um, but yeah, again, when it, when it mattered the most, he came up big and that, that sh- that does speak volumes to what his day was like. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Dante Van Wicks, four catches, 45 yards. He's going to be good, dude. He's just going to be good. That's all there is to it. Um, Not a lot of Malik Heath left today. Only two targets. Not that we like we should talk about Malik Heath, but like I want to see him have a good game because I think it'll be really exciting when he does. So that ends Malik Heath's talk for this episode. Um, Romeo Dobbs, five catches, 73 yards, a touchdown. Doing everything he can. targets, by the way. 12 targets. He's he's getting the Devontae Adams treatment right now, where Love's just looking his way every time he can, frankly. Um for what it's worth, like just there when you need it, there when you need him kind of guy right now, making the catches at the most important times. And I think a lot of the targets and misses are chalked up to tough defense and just poor throws, for what it's worth. Like I don't think this is a Robert Dobbs problem. But yeah, he play, he played well today and had that obviously clutch catch. Um, in the fourth quarter to to seal the game. Yeah, I thought I was going into this game. I was very worried about Marshawn Lattimore just blanketing him, and we saw a lot of other Saints cornerbacks blanket Packers wide receivers. Um, it was when they were starting to move him around the field and find the advantageous matchups. Um, Almonte Taylor had a really good game for the first three quarters, and then even the plays that like Dobbs made, like insane grabs, like the coverage is there. Right. It was just a better ball and all that stuff, and you know that that is football. Um, but Isaac uh, Yodum, Yodum, yeah, I, I forget how, how to say his name. Doesn't matter. He used to be a Packer. Uh, got picked on relentlessly. There was this crazy NFL next gen stats. Um, of state of like he had nine. Here, let me pull this up so I can actually attribute it the right way. Um, seven targets. Uh, mo- sorry, NFL Next Gen Stats. This is their Twitter account. 
Isaac Adam forced the most tight window targets in a game over the last two seasons. There were seven. His teammate, Alante Taylor, also had five tight, tight window targets today. Um, they allowed a combined five receptions on 18 targets and recorded nine total passes defensed or pass breakups. Yeah. The Saints defensive backs were really good today and really showed out. It made it a lot harder for Jordan Love to throw the or complete passes and tight windows and everything like that. And eventually it just didn't matter. They they made plays and Romeo Dobbs is the biggest beneficiary of that when you know he scores the game winning touchdown. Um but yeah, Dobbs I think that that was the kind of game that we I think both of us had a feeling that he could do, especially when you know, we're debating who's going to be the Packers lead receiver going in the year. Well, if Christian Watson doesn't play games, it's going to be Romeo Downs by default. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's clear that, like, he is, it's going to be him in love and just the chemistry that they have, especially in the red zone. Like, there's a lot of things that love can get corrected on with his performance. That guy is dealing when they get that far into down the field. And, that's a good, like, if, if nothing else right now that you can say, like, oh, like, his performance is not perfect. You look at his stats in the red zone, and it's really good right now. And the Packers are one of the best red zone offenses in the league after or through three weeks. And Romeo Dobbs and Jordan Love are a big part of that. Right. Yeah, I definitely think that Christian Watson needs to play for this for this offense to be get kicked in the gear a little bit. And that, like, I, I, like, throughout the rest of the season, I don't think they'll be able to rely on this receiving core as much as they have had so far. Not relied on as, as if they've been the highlight, but the, the need for Christian Watson is, is definitely there. Um, even though Dobbs and company are picking up the slack as best they can. Um, yeah. In these early three weeks, so hopefully you can go on Thursday. That that'd be pretty pretty important. So, should we go talk about the bad? Because there's three quarters of bad to talk about here. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of bad. I got I got numbers. Excuse me. I think first and foremost, we should get like the easy stuff out of the way. Penalties. A lot of penalties today. I'm trying to find the exact I, I got it right go, now. Go ahead. Uh eleven penalties for ninety penalty yards. The Saints actually outdrew uh or out yarded, if that's a word, the Packers and penalty yards. Um, that is sim- like singularly because of that one pass interference call late or the couple pass interference calls late by the same secondary. But yeah, <laughs> a lot of false starts, couple holdings. A lot of them happened on third down too, which were drive killers. Like, yep. it was just <sighs> very frustrating. Very sloppy. And- very sloppy, and this is like it's stuff like it, it, there was a couple like an illegal formation, which is is attributed to the tackle, um, but it was also in line with where the wide receivers lined up. Like it's stuff like that that like it's that's just, it, that cannot happen. No, it, it's that simple. Yeah, pretty much. And I I think the biggest thing was. Sure, this team is young. This team is inexperienced. Like they're gonna have troubles, and maybe penalties are just like some part of that. The difference is that like a lot of these penalties weren't on the young kids. Like a lot of them were just like on, like pseudo veterans or things like that. And um, like in the 
I think it's the first quarter. Like John Runyon uh, holding, yeah, holding in the first quarter. Royce Newman false start, trying to go through a couple more. As I as I see him, I'm going through the box score. But um, Jaden Reed got offensive holding. That's fine. He's a rookie. Like that'll that'll happen. Um, then you go formation on. Looks like. Pat, I believe it. I think it was. Um, they they don't they don't, they don't give a person. Yeah, maybe it doesn't give a formation in the in the play by play, but yeah, um, it's just like these these are ticky tack penalties that are just drive killers. Luke like, Luke Musgrave a false start on third and nine. Yep, and then that the next play was the interception that Love threw today. Right, like it's stuff like that that like just pin the Packers even like it could not have gone worse. And then they just do these self-inflicted errors that like just made things just that much more insurmountable in some ways. Right. Exactly. Like it's just, it's, it's sloppy work and from guys that shouldn't be getting penalties. And I, it, it you have to wonder between that and just the slow start that the team had today. Like what can Matt LaFleur do in like during the week? differently to make sure that these guys are ready to go. Yeah. Cause like last week, like they, they haven't really had fast starts. The, the, the week one against the bears, they have the short field in which they go get a touchdown right away. And then they kind of don't, I don't want to say like slouched for a quarter, but they didn't really do a whole lot in that second quarter. If you, if you remember, they only had, they had the touchdown and then three points, second quarter. So it was 10 to six at halftime. And then they went on their rampage in the second half. But then last week against the Falcons, they had no points in the first quarter. They were down 3-0 to zero on point and then scored 10 in the second quarter, 14 in the third. So, like, if we could just be, get the offense going a little sooner, which is when you have your, your plays scheduled and everything, too. Like, you think you had a week to prep for this game that your, first, your scheduled first 25 plays or so would be getting more... Like would be yielding more success than they are essentially, and not being so coming out so flat-footed, if you will. And so I think that is something that definitely needs to be improved upon this this season, just to have confidence in Matt Lafleur. Like I, I still think Matt Lafleur is a good coach. I still think that he'll be the coach for another couple of years at the least. But a lot of where the gripes come in with Matt Lafleur is like adjustments, game readiness. And just abilities to get guys up for games because they do come out flat often. Yeah, I, I think that's very valid. I think you know we saw a little bit of everything. The the coming out of the the game flat defense was not flat, but the offense was, and just having guys in in the right places at the right time. It's there's a balance. You don't have to be the the NFL coaches coaches of old of. Uh, carry a big stick and just yelling at players constantly up and down the sidelines. But at the same time, you kind of need to bring that out. And it's not in ways that aren't reactive. It's being proactive. That is the sign of a really good coach of like, Hey, you guys are taking too long on drives or whatever. Like it, it kind of flipped from how it was last week where, you know, the defense would be making kind of like, what are you doing? That kind of stuff like that. And then offense, this week was certainly that to a T um, the adjustments. I thought again, they needed adjustments just to flip the game completely on its head. Um, but it's still, it's, it's, it's 
the two sides of the same coin where it's like you need all the adjustments to win the game, but you also need to do it because you guys have been, you know, weren't being able to do anything offensively. And again, the defense did everything in its power to keep things within reach and, you know, keep it a two score to three score game. Um, Yeah. I think that's my biggest gripe is that like LaFleur, like we saw the best of both worlds of, of adjusting to making the right kind of offensive plays and putting guys in the right position positions to succeed. Jordan Love, namely being that guy. And then we saw the inverse of just like just boneheaded plays that, and it's always at the worst time. It that's part of the thing too, is that when it's coming down to critical plays, we're talking about third downs plays that will extend drives and, or fourth downs where, yeah, I'm not going to pin Lafleur on the trick play on the first drive, but like, these things are good in theory, but are they well drilled and well practiced enough to kind of like let's get this down to a T? And maybe if they were healthy, that wouldn't be as much of a question. But like you still play with the guys that you have to play with, and it's still not completely there. And that is something, you know, the kick gloves are off at this point. He has a lot of leash moving forward, especially with the young team. But with that, you get to reimagine the team and what you want it to be moving forward and just point blank if you think you are going to be a super bowl team in the next couple of years you have to instill a lot more discipline in this team and that's going to be the biggest thing to to really develop these guys going forward forward yeah they just need to be a cleaner team like this week in general and then going back to last week when the special teams unit was late getting out for the field goal like this is stuff that should have been drilled on in practice like you practice how you play and play how you practice you really should just be focused as a special teams unit between rich Passaccia and matt lafleur telling the guys okay fourth down physical unit get out there go that should be it every time there shouldn't be a delayed game on a, on a kick like the, t- the, the team should have the awareness to know what where they're at in the game of okay if it's fourth down here and they get this many yards i'm probably going in and kick a field goal it's just the awareness that the team should have and that obviously was lacking on that specific play last week against the Falcons, but it's like the trend of these things, right? Having veterans have dumb penalties, having rookies who, despite being rookies, like they still have played football for a very long time. And the only system they know is this system. Having a false start here and there is understandable, but on a third down, it's like you just need that focus, and I think that's something that maybe that the coaching needs to instill in them more rather than just blame it on rookies being rookies. Because I think that's a cop out, frankly, given yeah. that the rest of the rest of the work we have to look at the the first three games of the season. Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to think of anything else we got to talk about, Jordan. Um, Talk about the run game, and it's not very good. Run game is not very good. Shout out to Luke Musgrave. I, I compare him to always running on skates, but guy had a game. <laughs> yeah, um, he. I think he finished with six catches. Let me pull up the box for right now. Six catches, forty nine yards. Longest uh, catch was twelve yards and eight targets. Um, him and Love definitely have a connection, and I just think he's a better route runner when it's these five yard gains and and you know just getting you know, hopefully first downs and stuff like that. He and Love do not 
necessarily are not necessarily on the same page when it goes down further in the field. There was a <laughs> there was a target early in the game that frustrated the hell out of me, which again, I'm not gonna argue if it was on love or if it was on Musgrave. The point was Luke Musgrave when he gets out in the open field, he stops running and just is like, throw the ball to me kind of thing. And it's like, no, <laughs> guys, go further. Like Jordan Love's point thing, uh, as we saw multiple times today, is leading the ball into where he wants it to go. And, you know, that still has to get improved on. But his best performance as an NFL player, and, you know, it, it showed up when the offense really needed signs of life. And that's not nothing. So I was listening to the game on the radio for that play. Yes. Was that a Luke Musgrave problem or was that a Jordan Love problem? Because from what I heard Wayne Larry say is that it was Luke Musgrave wide open between the hashes down the middle and that Love overthrew him. That's what it was explained to me. I would agree that it was overthrown. I would also say Luke Musgrave stopped his route, much like the Bears game, where it was like that jailbreak play. Got it. And he's standing wide open, and he's like, throw it to me. And Jordan Love is like, keep moving so you can score a touchdown. That kind of thing. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. Yeah, just learn to run your routes, bud. You'll get there. Yeah. Learn to run. <laughs> learn to run. Learn to have balance when you run, because that is another problem. Yeah. Uh, but again, he's a rookie, and, you know, I think expectations of him being like this Rob Gronkowski coming out of college. Uh, I think we've tempered them a little bit. Yeah, definitely tempered for the time being. <laughs> uh, <coughs> excuse me. Injuries. Man, hoping Zach Tom can be ready to go on Thursday, knowing the Packers sort of mantra this season when it comes to injuries, apparently. We might not yeah. see Zach Tom. Hopefully we see hopefully we see David Bakhtiari. Hopefully we see Aaron Jones. Hopefully we see Jair. Hopefully we see Christian Watson. Like Thursday's gonna be a big game. We'll preview it this week before before it drop before the game on Thursday, but it'll be an interesting one this week for the pseudo lead in the NFC North right now. Lions and Packers both two and one. Um both arguably should be three and oh. So two good teams going at it. They'll need to be on their on their game because the Vike or the sorry <coughs> excuse me. The Lions defense is no slouch this year and that offense is playing pretty well. They won today um twenty to six over the same Falcons we lost to last week. Yes. Stopping Bijan Robinson and everything. Bijan Robinson only thirty three yards on the ground, uh only sixty yards total on the day against that Lions defense. So we shall see. But um other injuries Devondre Campbell left yep. with an ankle injury. It's just um, it's just so bad injury-wise now, dude. Carrington Valentine, the uh, starting cornerback in place of Jair Alexander, left with a biceps injury. Um, again, missed that, but coming out of halftime, he was already declared out. Uh, yeah, this is it's getting thin. It's getting really thin. And sure, week doesn't help. Um, I would certainly love to have some reinforcements. And hopefully not all the injuries that we saw today will be serious enough that guys miss multiple games. I would imagine Tom Campbell, Valentin, if not all three, two of the three are probably going to miss Thursday, but they have an early bye week and 
Packers might be limping towards towards that bye week. Yeah. You know, God, hopefully not. But um, it's not great. It's not great in terms of just the long-term health of this team going, getting through the season. No, I think it definitely helps that they have uh, they have this long week going into um, this the, like the long break between the Lions and the Raiders game because they go Lions on Thursday and they play um, Monday night against the Raiders so they get an extra day off when they go yep. out to go out to Vegas and then it's their bye week um, but before they go out to Denver so they have what usually is they have an eleven day break I think that is from Thursday to Monday. Yep. Um, and then two weeks off for uh, for the Broncos game. So hopefully they can get a lot of rest between then and come back versus the Broncos pretty healthy and then be ready for a, a tough little stretch against the Broncos, Vikings, Rams, and Steelers. And that Broncos team uh, just got uh, dumped on 70 points. Dumped on. Kevin James, the coach there, um, he's going to really... You mean the King of Queens? No, no, he he was. Remember, he played Sean Payton played Kevin James in the Netflix movie. I did not know that. <laughs> I'm joking. It was Kevin James that played Sean Payton. Well, yeah, I was trying to make. I didn't that know. The, I didn't know. The, I didn't know the the vice versa either. Yeah, that's a real thing. Well then. Um, I've... Also, I want to touch on Rashid Shahid. Uh, that pub return was a goner from the moment that he started running. Yeah. You had him as your impact player this week. I and, did. Uh, I did. I'm not I don't, trying to gloat. I don't think he hurt you in the way you thought he would hurt you this week. Oh, no. But uh but he definitely hurt the Packers in the way that uh was definitely critical. Like I said, I was driving during this and I'm just watching it now. Yeah, there was no shot. <laughs> no shot. The worst. There was a guy on the team on that that coverage that I was like, "Who the hell is that guy?" Number 42? I don't know who that is. Um, I don't know if that's a log staff or what, but yeah, the, the way that he was, the, the lanes that he saw were just like, it was like saloon doors to yeah. getting to the end zone. It was insane. Yeah. Untouched. Um, untouched. 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 So yeah, that was almost inexcusable. That, that really, <laughs> it, it made a 14, nothing game, but it was like, oh, this is, it felt like 28 terrible. Well, oh yes. A hundred percent. And yeah, oh Jesus! <laughs> Anything else, Jordan? Where should we wrap up? No, I think that's it. I think perfect. We're talking about Packers win, and ultimately, it's we got there. We a got win's there. a win's a win. Mm-hmm. So, all right, folks, that does it for us. As always, you guys sit through some uh, some promotions, but you don't want to sit through them. You want to learn. You want to be so enshrined in everything Wisconsin sports that you're gonna love this next two minutes. Ah. Uh, the Brewers, I believe, did not clinch their division. They did not uh, win today. They not. And the Cubs won both of their games, right? So, uh, yes. The Brewers have clinched a playoff spot, but have not clinched the series or the division. So, you can check out Cruising for a Bruising with Andrew and Adam uh, in your feeds probably this afternoon as you're listening to this on Monday morning as they recap the Brewers series against the Marlins as they head into, I believe, the last three series. They have one, and then I forget, who are they playing next? I, I It's slipped in my mind. I know the Cubs are next weekend. Well, yeah, the Cubs are next weekend, and then the Cardinals before that. But I'm not sure. Is really only two so series left? Yeah, it might be, actually. Might be. Yeah, it's Cardinals. Yeah, Cardinals and Cubs. Cardinals and Cubs. 
There you go. So last week of baseball. Regular oh season baseball. Regular season baseball. Brewers officially in the postseason now. So go check out Cruising for a Bruising with Adam Nanger over on the Cruising for a Bruising feed. Uh, they'll be with you all throughout the playoffs as the Brewers look to make their run. Uh, go check out Ty's interview with Wisconsin head coach Bino. I'm going to say it wrong again. Jordan Udre. Udre. Uh, the new Wisconsin herd head coach. Uh, and then also go back and listen to their preview of the NBA divisions, part one of the Atlantic and Northwest divisions. I believe they have another one coming out Monday morning as well. So you're going to a lot of GSPN content this morning, folks. Hope you're uh, you're ready for it. And then <laughs> go check out, make time for this. Um, any sort of movie you want to watch, you can go back in their catalog and check it out. So Adam and Andrew hosts that one as well. So GSPN at Info, you can find all of it there. You can find me on Twitter at New Mac is known. You can find Jordan on Twitter at Jordan Tresky. Uh, at Watch GSPN on, on the Tiki Taki and the Instagram for all of our social <laughs> ads and things like that. Uh, join the Discord for all things Wisconsin sports and other random stuff we talk about in there throughout these seasons. So, all right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening and joining us on a Packers 2 to 1, or as the Packers move the 2 and 1 on an 18 to 17 victory over the Saints. We appreciate you listening. And, Jordan, thank you. Thank you. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com